Hey everyone, we want to welcome you to the Floater Founder Podcast. This is a Toronto-based podcast featuring local founders across all markets. We are your hosts, Samantha Lloyd and Lyson Casey. We are going to be bringing you interviews with exciting and hardworking founders. They will be sharing their experience creating and leading a company. Thanks for listening. Hello, it's Lyson Casey here with Floater Founder and here I'm here with Samantha Hi. and uh, Creative Director, Zach Yassin. Hello. So, Zach, um, are you happy to be here? <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. We are very excited to have you. Thank you for coming down to Toronto today. Oh, no problem. So, we heard you just got back from L.A. Yes, I did, indeed. And do you want to talk about what happened there and uh, maybe tell us a bit about uh, what you're up to right now? Okay, I could do that. What I was down there for is I'm currently working with this artist named uh, Tezu. He's a rapper from Philadelphia. Uh, I recently executive produced his uh, debut album, which isn't out yet, but the first single just came out March 15th. Yes, and what's that called? It. it is called Practice. It's a perfect like car jam. It is. It's a good jam, right? And so, th- yeah, like I said before, I executive produced the record. I came up with the album cover. I uh, I I kind of help create ideas of what a video should look look like and things like that. And so we were just down there in L.A. Um, now that the album is done, mixed, mastered, setting up meet, we we set up a bunch of meetings with labels and other people to try to pitch the music to them. So Zach, you just came back from L.A. and uh, a lot of your um, relationships in the music industry have come out of L.A. How would you say that that's uh, kind of a, a better scene for the music industry than Toronto? Well, I don't know if I would say it's better. Uh, I mean, that's just because I'm a Toronto fan. I love, I, I love it here. I, I am a Drake fan, the Six, Six. and so on. You know, you know. So, um, it just the energy out there is insane. No, like you can just walk into a restaurant. And there's, and you know, some director over there and a songwriter over here, and, and people just want to make something. They want to be creative, and that's something that's really beautiful. That's down there that Toronto doesn't have yet, but it's Mm -hmm. building here. And that's one of my goals for my career is just to to build that here in Toronto. That's why I've always said I never want to move to L.A. As much as I love it there and the sun and the warmth and and the energy there, I want to bring that up here like so many of the biggest artists today have been doing. And I just want to continue building that. But, um, yeah, it just so happens as it's been for years, you know, like everyone is down there. Yeah. But that is changing now that the industry is just changing. It's just, yeah, it's different. Do you, do you yeah. also think that uh, technology and the ability for us to connect almost immediately with, with those people all over the world has changed that? Exactly. No, that's exactly right. Like, I mean, for instance, I I record a lot of music in my bedroom and I work with in, with musicians from across the world. Like this one singer I have on maybe six of my songs, she's from Argentina. And we just connect online. I've That's never, awesome. I've never met her in person, but we're, we, we've collaborated closely on a lot of things. Uh, one of my old collaborations, this guy named Phoenix Keys, is based out of the UK. Never met him, but we've worked on a lot of stuff. So that's yeah, that's exactly how the industry is going. You don't need to be specifically in New York or LA or wherever. You just need to know how to access the right people. And find your team. How did you learn how to do that? How did you learn that that was part of the process of reaching out to people uh, across the world? Um, I would just say 
out of desperation. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you you guys know because we've known each other for a long time. Of just, uh, it's been years and years yeah. of searching for people around here, working with local artists, and you reach a certain point when you know you're lucky if you find a team right around you where yeah. you're from. You're very lucky, and uh, you just need to expand. I had to expand that search because I wasn't finding what I needed here. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it was out of just desperation of I need to work. I need to find people to better myself and my craft. And I just so happened to find it all over the world rather than <laughs> at home. Would you say that having uh, like being able to push through a lot of hardship, would you say that is uh, is, is one of the most important things in making it in the music industry? Or? I would say that's the most important thing. I, I've said this before to many other people. I don't believe in talent. I don't, I, that just won't cut it. I've met so many artists who are, have the most beautiful voice. They can play any instrument. They're much better than me at singing, writing, producing, whatever. But they don't have the drive that mm-hmm. it takes to work past everyone and anyone around you yeah that's what it takes like i i've just seen it proof is myself is i can't sing but a lot of people ask me to write their songs for them and their melodies because like i'm just working so hard in that thing that one thing and it's it's just so key it's so key it's the only thing that's gotten me to where i am is grinding i don't i don't think any of it has been talent that's just the you know the very first step is you have talent, okay, that maybe gives you some access, mm-hmm. but that's barely anything. You need to be outworking everyone. Uh, yeah, so I noticed that a lot of songs nowadays, I guess, are a lot of collaborations, and you yourself are talking about how a lot of the music that you make is in collaboration with a lot of people. So would you say um, that's been a change lately in the music industry where it's a lot more important to work with others than it has been in the past? Um, so it's just more evident today. It's always been like this. Like, back to Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. he never wrote a song. It was a, a room full of five, ten writers. It was a room of an entire orchestra laying down the music he was singing to. Yeah. Now it's just, now that everyone has access, everyone has the same access, everyone has the same laptop, everyone wants credit. Yeah. So now you know who produced that beat. You know who played the drums or whatever, and now what you're seeing is, rather than there being the head honcho, the artist, the, the true artist, the Frank Sinatra, you're seeing that producers are now the artist as well, because just, just because they have that access. And yeah, that's just where the industry has gone. Is It's so open to everyone that you don't need to look a certain way or sound a certain way, because you can just write a song, find a collaboration, and do it. But it, it's always been there. Okay. It's always been there. Has it made it more competitive for you, or do you think that it's only brought good? It is. I, I would say it is more competitive. Uh, yeah, because everyone's everyone's making a beat, right? Anyone is making music in their bedroom right yeah, now. You'd say the barrier to entry to making music is l- lower now. Yeah, than it's way it. lower. Anyone can do it. And a lot of people luck out. And get, you know, a big song right away. But naturally, I believe that that kind of, like, it, it stays relatively the same. Uh, naturally, those people who, like, even though it's there are more people who have access and more people who are working at it, 
it'll always be the same amount of people who are working that just extra little bit. Okay, and um, to kind of switch gears, do you want to take us back uh, to when you started in this whole process? I mean, technically, I wrote my first song, like, yeah, I think I was 14. It was right, I started playing piano when I was 14. Uh, and I, I was just writing every day, all tons and tons of music. And I don't write like that anymore. It was kind of me just, like, figuring out what I'm doing. And then I think I was 17 when I recorded, like, my, it was, like, my first professional recording in an actual recording studio. And, I mean, it's on SoundCloud, but I don't want anyone to hear it. <laughs> like, We're linking it. You know, it, you know, it, it in other, uh, whenever you start a business, and uh, there's something called, like, the um, MVP. Right. And it's always said that, like, I, I guess for a, a mixtape, it could be similar, that if you launch an MVP and you're not embarrassed by it, you launched it way too late. R- right. So, I don't know. If and No, no, that's so true. That's so true, like... I, I mean, there's probably a thousand songs of mine recorded somewhere that are, it's just so bad, it's so awful, I had no idea what I was doing, I wasn't, I, it's, it was just, it's given me PTSD, like, think <laughs> about definition it. definition of no, bad in music is definitely not our definition Yeah, no, right, but it, I mean, it took me, it was years of that, because mm-hmm. you need to do that to become a good songwriter. Yeah, yeah, it's only a mistake if you don't learn from it. Exactly. And every and you know, when I was younger, I would look back on all those songs and I'd be angry because I was like they didn't get me anywhere. They're horrible songs. But now in hindsight, now that I'm a bit older, I can see like every one of those songs like helped build what I'm able to do today. Yeah. From not just the writing component, but I realized while I didn't even know when I was younger, I was also producing those songs myself. Yeah. And then I learned how to mic a piano or mic uh, someone singing I learned how to do all of that then I realized oh I'm actually coming up with music video ideas and album art ideas and that's what creative directing is yeah. I just didn't know that was the job title yet couldn't have happened any other way it needed to go this way cool um, what would you say is your favorite and least favorite things about the music industry it's just the music uh, and I mean I just love being creative it's not just about songwriting for me it's everything like and eventually I it won't just be the music industry for me it's going to be film it's going to be technology it's going to be everything but with music it's just I just love the art form it's the thing where it's the one thing the first thing I ever found that I could relate to mm-hmm. it's the first thing that made sense to me like I was never good in school I couldn't I you know I struggled a lot but when it came to music I was like oh that just makes sense it's just easy um and that's just how everyone a lot of people feel about music and just the creativity i feel and the feeling you get after you write a good song and record it there's nothing better than that that's my favorite thing the, my least favorite thing is like there i can go on forever about <laughs> my least favorite things it's just so politics there's so yeah just like any job really yeah. politics there's what record labels think they are today it's changing record labels know they're failing but uh they feel like you need to be a certain way you need to make a certain type of music you need to like keep up a certain appearance on social media i hate that stuff i i don't like social media anything i think it's like it's a it's a joke to me i i don't take it very seriously yeah 
when it, I, I think it should just be the music. I understand why it's there, and I work a, a lot with social media and marketing through there. But ultimately, I don't like it. It's just, uh, I've, it's I just, just fluff around. I just want it to be music. Um, do you want to talk about the process around um, being the executive producer on your latest, uh, the latest song that's out by Taizu? Right. Um, so the way that came about, yeah, I actually want to talk about this on a platform like this too because I was, I didn't know Taizu. I met him in I didn't even meet him. I, I emailed him in October. That was the first time I communicated with him. Uh, the way I heard his music is my buddy Jay down in L.A., hadn't met Tezu before, uh, and has kept on telling me, oh, this guy's an incredible rapper, listen to his music. And one day when I was down there in October, I, I asked Jay to send me all of Zoo's music, like from his, like his finished songs to his like work in progress demos. And, and that one day I listened to everything. And he, there was supposed to be an EP of four songs that was coming out. And when I heard all those songs... I naturally just heard a story. I took a, a few songs in the work in progress folder we have. I took some finished tracks and I said, this feels like an album to me. It feels like a body of work rather than um, an EP or a single or whatever. And that's how it began. And I, no one asked, I, I didn't ask anyone for permission for this. That's <laughs> no, And that, that's key to, to this, any business and ask success. For forgiveness. I listened to all those songs. I wrote out an email of like, this is what I feel should be done. This is an album to me. These are the singles. This is how it should look. And it's history from there. As soon as I sent that, I, I began, I was part of the team. And that's, that was the beginning of the process of executive producer. After that, it turned into, okay, how do I, how do I uh, get this mixed and mastered? How do I finalize this project? But before that, I had to make sure each song was elevated to the best it could be. And an executive producer doesn't necessarily like make the beats from scratch. I didn't make a single beat from scratch on this album. But two other producers made most of the music. This guy, Rishi, and this other guy, Rush. Great, great guys, great producers. And I would take their beats, and they... I'm so thankful for these guys. They gave me permission. They trusted me with their music and let me, they let me tweak things, elevate things, turn, like add additional instrumentation to get to a point where I believed it was, mm -hmm. it, it, it was great. And, um, and that's the executive producer's job is just making sure everything is as great as it can be. Awesome. And yeah. Cool. Um, you were talking about how you felt the album told a story. Uh, how important would you say that is to um, to music in general? And um, tell us what 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 made his story stand out to you. Um, all right, so everyone in the music industry, the business people, will tell you albums don't mean anything anymore. It's all about singles. That's how it's been. Uh, I just strongly disagree. My favorite artists, my favorite music, are have bodies work like Kendrick Lamar's. Every J. Cole. J. Cole. I've listened to music forever. It's like I just appreciate the body of work and I just think that's important for every artist that has lasted through the years. It's about their bodies of work. It's not about just one single. You're not listening to like the one Drake single from 10 years ago. I just want to create bodies of work. That is really important to me. And when I heard Zoo's music, 
I just, yeah, I just heard a story. I That actually reminded me of the first time I listened to a Drake album. I heard a cohesive body of work uh, with an intro and outro, little interludes in the middle, whatever. And the thing that struck me about him is, you'll hear it soon enough, but as you guys know, like he's an Indian artist, yep. Indian American. I've never met or seen another Indian guy, a guy who looks like me, mm-hmm. making that quality of music and I really felt when I saw him and I heard his music like I feel like this is the beginning of a movement for people who look like me I've told you guys I've told everyone I know like I didn't grow up with anyone I could relate to like who I could look up to and be like that's what I want to be no I just and no one was creative who looked like me and that's what zoo can be for a lot of people and that's what I saw is like okay this guy doesn't only just have these party songs, like the single we just put out, Practice. He has, like, heartfelt, soulful music about that about things that anyone can relate to. Things that, like, songs that... That's what reminded me of Drake. These songs that no one really... They aren't the singles, mm-hmm. but they're the random B-side songs that, like, make you feel like you know who Drake is. That's what I heard when I heard Zoo's music, and I was like, okay, I need to be involved somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to ask a silly question. What the heck does it mean to mix and master? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, to mix is to simplify both of these things. Yeah. To mix is to take all these recorded instruments. They're never real instruments anymore, but say you're recording a rock band. Yeah. It's taking the guitars, the bass, the drums, the vocals, and then making sure everything sits together perfectly. Just making sure the puzzle sits well together. I mean, that's as simple as you can get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mastering, to simplify that, is just making it loud. Which I don't like just saying that. Uh, what mastering used to be, it used to be the process of how do you get this music we recorded on tape and turn it into a vinyl? How do you mass produce this tape and yeah. turn it into, put it onto a disc but that's what it used to be back in the day, which I still, like, it blows my mind how that was even a thing. How did these yeah. people think of that? To take music from tape and put it, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, to simplify it, it makes it loud and projects the sonics so it, it feels full when you hear it. You can hear a mix and it could sound full, but once you, a master sounds like, it's radio ready after okay. a master. Yeah. Very cool. What, what would you say is the most difficult part of making a song and what's like the most fun part okay okay so the most difficult part is finishing a song period um i can't tell you like how many songs i have that it's just like one chord progression and maybe like a verse or yeah. one line that's that's just how it goes. Um, That's consistent with every business. Everything. <laughs> everything. everything. <laughs> it's exactly that, yeah. right? And it's hard to stay... Uh, un- I mean, this is also part of the skill of being a songwriter is to stay in that emotion or to be able to access that emotion later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something you have to build if you want to be a great songwriter. I know I know a few who, who are great at that. Um so yeah, that's probably the most difficult part. My the best thing about, and what was the other question? Is, What's your favorite thing about writing a song? My favorite thing is just, I mean, it it it's a cliche, but it really is therapy. Um, I you know you guys know me too. Like I I talk a lot about everything that's going on in my life, like from the good and bad and the, the ugly. Like I always talk about that stuff, and songwriting taught me that. 
-hmm. No one taught me that, but like I was writing things down into music and I was like, why can't I? And for me, it became a philosophy of like, if I'm saying this in a song and I want people to hear it, why can't we just talk about anything openly like that? Yeah. Um, so that's my favorite thing. You just communication is my is my favorite thing in the world <laughs> just like expressing yourself exactly yeah. and i just and i feel like not everyone does this but i feel like sh people should it's just like you don't need a song to communicate your full emotion uh you can just talk to people i want people should know that but i mean music helps yeah people rely on music to kind of convey their feelings a lot even in my older productions uh and i mean still my productions today my my buddy kevin deets could tell you like i uh i would layer like i'd write a song and my the production on there all the tracks there'd be like 120 tracks on one song and to me it it was more of like a kind of working on myself thing where i realized like I was insecure about what I was saying, so I was covering it with all this production. I was overproducing it, adding all these different layers just to keep it interesting because I wasn't secure in what I was saying. And that's part of songwriting too. You need to be confident in what you're saying, your lyrics. And so something I'm working on today in production is simplifying everything. Because mm -hmm. instead of 120 tracks, Zoo's entire album is maybe 15 tracks the most in one session, which is... And like practice, very simple song production wise, but it gets a message across. Across it gets an energy mm -hmm. across, which uh, to me that's the skill of songwriting and producing. It's that. Um, so yeah, as a transition, um, what would you say is the best way to deal with uh, creative differences when you're working on a project with with people? So th that's that's a good question. Um, I would say the best thing is again is communicate. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're all adults here, we're all, you know, professionals, like, just say, like, the way I handle it personally is I'll just say, this is why I don't like that, and here are the reasons why, or, like, let's build off that, let's, con like, it's not quite there yet, let's kind of grow together. Yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes the person is down to be like, okay, you're right, let's collaborate, let's elevate what we're doing. Sometimes it doesn't. And I mean, I'm victim of that too. Like, I do the same thing. Like, the best thing to do with creative differences is just communicate. There's always a way around it, a compromise. Um, and sometimes, like, sometimes you just have to be, like, if you're in charge, sometimes you have to be like, you know what? No, I know this is yeah. the right thing to do. Uh, just trust me. And hopefully the people you work with, the team you, you're around does trust you like for instance for like this album like there was a few songs on there where I would add a few things or change the arrangement and you know even Zoo himself as well as the producers were unsure of what I was doing but I was like listen you got like trust me this is gonna be the best thing yeah and I explain I you know I would obviously break I won it's not just based off feeling I have reasoning behind it and at the end of the day they did uh, trust me, and at, now that the music's done, they're really happy with how everything sounds. That's awesome. Mm. Um, well, I was just gonna—I was gonna say, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about your uh, entire creative process, from fresh, uh, like no tracks laid out, to um, a finished song? Right. So this uh, 
I mean, this continues to grow, and everyone, every songwriter, any creative person will tell you it's always different. Um, and now that my role has kind of evolved, like from build, like rather than building something from scratch, I kind of take the base, the baseline, and, and grow it. Um, but the way you know, first of all, it begins usually the songwriting process is like by a piano or a guitar or something. That's I mean, for me, I feel like any song should be... If it's a good song, it should sound good with just a piano and your melody. Uh, when we're talking about pop here, not rap. Rap is different. But for pop, it's like, yeah, you need your melody in just one instrument. It needs to be strong. Um, once you do that, once I do that, I would like go into, you know, open up a session. And usually by then, as I'm writing, I can hear what it needs to sound like from the drum sounds to the piano to the synthesizers that's also a skill you that you learn over time like it especially if you know your tool toolkit you know all the tools in, in front of you now it's quick so if i write a song on on my piano i'll know the tempo and the drum pattern i want i'll quickly go into pro tools i'll open up the exact instruments i hear in my head that i know i have already mm -hmm. and start building from there and uh yeah it goes from i mean once i open pro tools it could be anything usually i lay down i find the, i find the tempo and then i lay down the main chord progression and then i build off that once i have a bass track i'll have a singer come over and lay down a rough vocal for me because I cannot sing. Mm -hmm. And then once I have a rough vocal, I continue to build the track. That melody is the most important thing. So once you have the that rough vocal there, you can finish the track. Once you finish the track, you get a real vocal on it. And then the mix masters, so on. Okay, yeah. very cool. Well, we, can, we can take it away. Rapid fire. Yeah, Rapid okay. fire. What is your favorite piece of clothing that you own? Uh, I have this song out under my own artist name called She Was. It's the only song I have out under my artist name just because I never, I can't imagine anyone else singing it really. Um, so that song, I, I shot a video for it in LA and then I had this whole idea of like, I wanted this, it, it, it was a lyric video. So I wanted the lyrics to be projected on the back of this jean jacket. Uh, but instead it turned into us making this yeah. jean jacket from scratch and then I even have like the album cover of this single on like on the side of the jacket it's very very it's cool, so cool. <laughs> I geek out about it every day when I was in San Francisco uh, last week uh, <laughs> I was like looking at I was with my buddy Mitch and he, we were looking at uh, wedding venues together because yeah. he just got engaged recently we go to this one place this beautiful mansion in the hills and um these two, like, the event planners or whatever, as soon as I walk in, they're like, what is that jacket? Where do I get one? I need, I'm going to steal it from you. They actually got my email <laughs> to, to, like, email me to be like, can I buy a jacket off you, please? So that felt good because I made that from scratch. Yeah. So. How many tattoos do you have? Oh, sh uh, one, two, three, four, five. I have five. That's all you need to know. I'm going to get a sixth one soon uh, to celebrate the f completion of the zoo album I'm gonna that's get awesome on. yeah do you know what you're gonna get yes it's based on this one song my favorite song maybe of all time on the album called storyteller which i'm actually like i don't know if zoo will want me to say this but he, he i'm directing the music video for that which is a very cool it's an honor it's a privilege um and it's just yeah it's my favorite song and it's based off i can't i don't 
I can't do it justice without you guys hearing the song, but it's something to do with that yeah. song, and it's going to be on my arm. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite type of food? <sighs> right now? Sushi? Sushi? Maybe? I guess. that's. I always fall back on sushi, you know? Like that's I, a go-to. A, anytime I'm craving anything, it's always sushi. Yeah, <laughs> like a nice all-you-can-eat, like, <clears throat> shove it in your face. Never not all-you-can-eat. If I go to a we place... We don't understand people who don't eat all-you-can-eat. I don't eat until I'm full. I eat until I hate myself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> what was the last movie you saw? Uh, I watched... Um, I started on the plane, I was watching A Star is Born, and then it got too sad. It was the second time I saw it, and oh. it's even... Worse on a plane. I'm always crying on planes. In the court, just like, oh my god, my life. Yeah, so, Star is Born, yeah. What's the last song you listened to? Oh, I was listening to a song called My Bad by Khalid. Um, where's your favorite spot in Toronto? It'll either, it's either your place right here or my buddy Joe's place. Wine or beer? Easy, wine. I don't need, I, I don't, I've never even had a beer. Talk about your first wine experience. Should I? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so, I mean, like, yeah, I only started drinking at, like, in last August. I'll tell the story of, yeah, like, I was in New Zealand, period. I was on this, uh, ma- not mountain, on this island called Wahiki Island, and the only thing on here is just, just wineries and art stuff and things that I would love, bougie things. Yeah. Um, and I was on top of... A very beautiful hill at this place called Stone Ridge. Stone Ridge. I I had my first uh, like wine tasting there, and this beautiful Italian girl was like doing this Ita- like doing the tasting with us. But she was like, "If you guys know anything about uh, wine, please tell me." She was so passionate about wine that I was like, "Oh my god, I think I'm in love with you." Because <laughs> she's like, she's like, "If you know anything, please tell me, because I need to know everything." I came. She came. She moved. To New Zealand just to learn about New Zealand wines. Oh my god. And she was the first person to like tell me about all this wine I was drinking. The first glass I had was like, I didn't pay $800 for it, but it was from an $800 bottle of wine. And, uh, and my bougie life began. Um, coffee or tea? Usually neither but tea if I have to choose. What's your favorite place you've ever been to? Uh, New Zealand probably. That's the most beautiful place I've yeah, seen. What are you most excited for this year? I'm excited for like just waking up tomorrow, like and the <laughs> next day and the next day. It's very difficult to answer that question because there's so many things I'm excited for. But uh, I don't know this year, like everything. Yeah, I've worked for my entire life is coming to fruition. So I'm I'm going to say touring and just making music and, and sh- directing music videos and creating art and buying a motorcycle and Ooh. seeing the world and when did you get your M license I got that I get last year last November or the I think it was last November it's, it feels like a long time ago now I was at least a year ago could be two but iPhone or Android so that's a difficult question too I have an Android but I am a laughing stock in LA. <laughs> Everyone just laughs at me, points and laughs. I'm walking down the street on the phone. People stop and stare and be like, "You're a freak!" <laughs> like, no one has even heard of an Android in LA. Like, everyone has an, a brand new iPhone 10X, whatever it's called. And uh, I probably should get one. 
Because I'm also like, I have an Android and I have an old iPod Touch that I still listen to music on. It's a business expense at this point. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. If you couldn't do music, what else would you do? Well, I guess I there's a few answers. Like, I I think I, I want to be a life coach. Like, I want to, like, life coach people. I feel like I'd be good at that. I don't know. <laughs> like, just someone who doesn't have a job life coaching yeah. corporate people. Yeah. That yeah. idea makes me laugh. <laughs> I love that. So there's that. I guess, like, my side, side hustle has always been, like, acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, which is wild that, like, this is why my life is too crazy right now. Like, that's my side hustle where yeah. I'm getting, like, <laughs> I'm acting in TV shows and movies is, like... Where you're, like, Snapchatting at 4 a.m. on set. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess that. But I also love, uh, you know, I also love teaching. Not, like, I, I would, I'd love to open up... This is one of my goals still to this day, even regardless of music or not. I want to open up, like, a school one day for music to, like, teach kids how I learn music. Like... Not specifically learn the theory first, these are the levels you go through, but like, what's your favorite song? Let's learn that on piano. Oh, see that chord you're playing? That's actually like a C major 7 chord. Learn through that so you don't get bored and you're not a yeah. kid being like, what is, I don't want to write down notes. Yeah. Things like that. <clears throat> what's your favorite car? Favorite car? Yeah. Ferrari 458. Uh, your favorite movie of all time? I'm just going to say all Star Wars ever. Fair. Nice. Yeah. Can a... you name any of the movies that you've been in recently? Um, I honestly can't even remember half their names. Oh my god, look at you! I, uh, <laughs> I was in this show called Titans on Netflix. I was on the show called Umbrella Academy. The one I'm most excited for is like, there's that movie What We Do in the Shadows. They're making a TV series of it, and I'm in that playing bass guitar. Oh my god! Uh, I'm like a musician in it. I'm in a ska band. All right. That's it. I think this is good. Okay, cool. Excellent. Um, so thank you for coming out, Zach. We were so happy to host you um, and get to learn more about your history and music. Well, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thank you so much for uh, telling us what it takes to make it in the music biz. We wanted to thank you so much for coming in. We had such a great time interviewing you for Floater Founder. And thank you so much to our listeners. We are so excited to share more founder stories with you. Until Until next time. time.